All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What I Wish I Could Tell My Mother. Um, This is Ashley, mommy. And this is Amaya. All right. So, y'all, this episode, sorry we haven't. We've been a little delayed with posting. Uh, Life has been lifing, as people say. But before we get into this episode, I just want to uh, say that it could be triggering for some people. It could be. Um, it could make some people emotional, but uh, we're going to be talking about sickle cell. All right. This is something that is very personal and hits close to home for both of us. And um, I did get Amaya's permission and her go ahead to speak about this because it directly affects her, indirectly affects me. But I wanted to just make sure she was comfortable with sharing this. All right. So we are going to be discussing sickle cell because why are we discussing sickle cell today? Because you want to get more awareness for it. <clears throat> you want to have more awareness, more funding for more people to know that it affects black people. You want more black people in the hematology, oncology realm, in children's hospitals, just like that stuff. You want awareness. Yeah, and we need to increase funding to increase research around cures, additional cures for sickle cell. Because right now, I know one of the most um the biggest one is for stem cell, right? But that's uh, a pretty invasive uh, surgery um, or procedure to have done. Um, but we need to have more research around it. It is very important. And I don't think that there's any coincidence that it impacts African-American people the most. And there is very little, not as much funding as other things that are out there. But why am I passionate about it? What what um, created this passion? Because you had me and I have sickle cell, so... You kind of had to be passionate about it. <laughs> I mean, before me, you had heard of it, but you weren't like, "Oh, I want to be an activist. I care about it." And you just started research. Like you don't, you didn't care about that because it didn't affect you. But now that it affects you, you have a daughter who it affects. You care about it more. That's very true. Um, like she said, I wasn't aware that I um, or her father were carriers of the sickle cell trait. So uh, when we had her, we were living in a very small, rural, southern town. And so the hospital where she was diagnosed, I I just didn't believe that she had sickle cell. I thought they had the wrong baby. I said, nope, you know, you have the wrong child. I didn't believe it. I was in denial for a while. I was angry. I was upset. All of those emotions that come with that, especially knowing that this is your first child and they have sickle cell. So um, it was just a very tough time for me. Uh, her dad was pretty fine with it. Like, you know, he was pretty optimistic and positive, but it was uh, difficult for me. So knowing that I had that, I had to, knowing that my daughter has sickle cell, I had to, um, I had to engage in some learning. I had to gain more knowledge about sickle cell um, and just try to find the positives because there are a lot of positives with sickle cell. You can live a healthy, long life um, with sickle cell, right? So. Happy. And happy life. So, can you tell people what sickle cell is? So, do you, so first of all, let me start off with most people's blood cells are round, like a donut. Uh, sickle cells blood cells are like a half moon. Well, not a half moon. A crescent. A crescent moon. Yes. Um. So when we don't drink enough water, they get sticky, and it can prevent the blood flow in the part of the body which reduces the oxygen there, and that can cause pain. That's called like a sickle cell pain crisis, and just other things can happen from that. So can you, are you able to explain what the pain feels like? 
when you have a pain crisis? Yes and no. Okay. Because it feels different every time. I can't give you one specific thing it feels like. It just feels like stinging, burning, throbbing, squeak. I, like, I can't even tell you. <laughs> okay, so various, various feelings. Yeah. Okay, so, yep, so pain crisis, and there are other things that, um, like she said, other things that can happen from uh, sickle cell pain crisis. Um, there can, you can have a pain or a sickling in the lungs, which can lead to acute chest, which is um, similar to pneumonia, which it affects the lungs and your breathing, things like that. Uh, so I actually had an, an acute test uh, this week. Um, well, these past few weeks, I had two acute tests like that were like back to back. So it started, I had, and this is why we were gone so much, by the way. So I had an acute test. I, I had some pain in my side. I had an acute test. I got admitted to the hospital. I stayed there. They said, oh, it's not gone, but it'll probably disappear. So we went home. Then with antibiotics. I, with, with, yeah, with, with antibiotics. Um, and then I had pain in my side. For a day, I had a fever, then pain in my side again. Then we went to the hospital on Monday because my mom was like, why does she keep having this pain in her side? So they said, well, actually, um, C, C has an acute test again. If anything, it's gotten larger. And you were like, oh, my God. And then I had to get admitted again. I was put on stronger medicines and i also had well i don't know the medical term i don't remember the medical term for it but i had the common cold rhinovirus rhinovirus yeah so i was in my room all day after i found out because i was in the library i was like what i can't go outside well she was yeah you were in their hospital rooms where she was all day because they had to have her i guess Isolated. Like isolated because of the rhinovirus, and she was on the hematology oncology floor, and you have kids with other blood disorders, cancer, and things like that. So she was isolated to her room. Yeah. So I got home from there um, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So we've been here ever since. I'm still on the antibiotics. We have no X-ray equipment, so I can't <laughs> say whether it's gotten stronger. None of us are qualified doctors, so I can't tell you. Um, but I hope it's gotten smaller. I feel better. I'm doing better with my treatments that I've been doing. Yeah, so um, we were released, uh, just to give a little more context. So she was in the hospital, let's say, from Monday to Thursday the first time. We were released on Thursday. She had fever Friday and Saturday. Took her to the ER on Saturday. They did blood work the nat- and an x-ray and all the protocol for sickle cell patients. I was told that the blood work and the x-ray were clear. We were re- went home on Saturday. Uh, Sunday she was fine. Monday she had a fever of one o three. Mind no, it you, it was one o four. Remember? Oh, one o four. So we and then it went down to one o three point eight, which is still extremely high. In addition to that, she had the pain on her left side. We went back to the ER. We were told that after all the workup, the blood work, and the X ray, that she had acute chest again. We were admitted. Um, and another X-ray was done upon my request because we want the doctors wanted to release us on Tuesday. No, I'm sorry. We went to the ER Monday. We got admitted early Tuesday morning. And so the doctors came to see us Wednesday and wanted to release us. So I said, can you please do an X-ray to see, you know, just to see if um, there has been improvement in the acute chest. And I got a little pushback. Don't understand why. Uh, they did the X-ray, though. 
and it showed that the acute chest had gotten larger from what they saw on Monday, but they still wanted to release us. I said, How in the world can you release someone if something has gotten worse? So I advocated for us to stay so that she could be, um, so she could just be watched or monitored for 24 hours since it got larger. Of course, um, I got pushed back. The nurse practitioner, uh, she was nice, nasty, right? She was an air of irritation, um, annoyance in her voice. So I wrote a strongly worded letter to her. Okay. But, uh, we um, did have a nurse. But uh, was nice. the nurses and everyone were nice, but we got pushback from the doctors on that. But anywho, um, I'm glad I had her stay for 24 hours because she had increased pain, increased coughing throughout that night. Um, and she needed some, what were those? Um, muscle relaxers. Muscle relaxers to relax the muscles, the areas where that pain was. So we ended up being released Thursday. But that has just been what's been going on. And she, again, has had the rhinovirus in addition to the acute chest. So we say all that to say that acute chest is one of the complications that can arise from sickle cell. In addition to pain, um, there are some other complications that doctors say there, there can be stroke. There can be like eyesight loss. A lot of, you know, things that can happen. Um, your spleen can enlarge. You may have to remove your spleen. Thank God none of that has happened for Maya. Um, I continue to pray over her. And believe that she will be healed, um, you know. And of course, the type of sickle cell you have will determine. Um, sometimes can determine how you experience sickle cell. She has SC, um, but there's also SS, which is the most severe type. So that is that has been our journey with sickle cell thus far. Um, Amaya has not been hospitalized too much for pain. She does have pain crisis, like she said, when the weather changes. Absolutely. Um, she's going to have some pain, but overall I'm blessed to say that she hasn't been hospitalized that much now. Of course, that's my experience, right? I'm not the one with sickle cell. So I, want I you... think I've been hospitalized a pretty, uh, a nice amount of times. Yeah. Um, if we didn't have insurance, they'd be taking a nice <laughs> amount of money out of our pockets. This is true. But, uh, I think I don't have like pain like it's not like every day or every week or anything right. it's not too often but when i have pain it's like oh my god it's too often if yeah i can imagine that it feels like that um and where I'm so you can have a different view when you have it and kind of after because when you have it all you're thinking of is it's too often stop it, mm-hmm. it no stop that makes sense. So what I want you to talk about, one, um, can you tell talk about any triggers that cause sickle cell? And two, can you talk about any uh, coping skills that people can utilize when they do have a pain crisis? Because you don't always go to the hospital with pain, right? No. Okay. So um, talk so, about the triggers first. Well, we talked about cold weather, warm weather, uh, if it's too hot, um, and then I'm not drinking enough water. Or just if I'm not drinking enough water in general, mm-hmm. I can have a pain crisis. If I'm over exerting myself, or if I'm working out because I like to work out, and not drinking enough water, or doing any physical activity like basketball, if I don't have enough rest, stuff like that. Um, the coping mechanisms—it's different probably for every child. Mm-hmm. I use my mom's phone, her computer. And th- I'm just gonna list all the electronics first: her phone, her computer, the TV, and that's and if and if the nurse comes in with the tablet, maybe I'll use that. But well, for other things, I'll talk to my mom. We play a game. 
out, just like take deep breaths. Um, out, my mom would give me a massage. Yeah, that's about it. So those are just some of the strategies. Again, um, Amaya, made, you made a great point, right? The strategies may differ from person to person. Yeah. Everybody may have different strategies. Go ahead. Oh, I forgot. A, a heated blank, like a heating pads. Mm-hmm. I have a heating pad that I use. Mm-hmm. Or, I'll, or I'll get individual heating packets at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Or even a heated blanket. Anything that's heated will like bring me some comfort. I don't really like ice cold I know. Yeah, that that that's um, going to make it worse generally. But pain patches work for you really well. Yeah, like like salon paws. Thank you. You have invested a lot in your business. <laughs> so those are just some of the um, the coping strategies that she uses. But again, we just wanted to kind of give an overview of sickle cell. Let you guys kind of see what it's like um, to have sickle cell. We'll probably do this maybe a two or three part series. Because next, I just want to talk about what it's like for you now that you're actually in school, um, having sickle cell, and how you feel. Go ahead with that. Um, and um. I'll add a sneak peek for that. Um, I told Al, I will actually talk about. I just told my friends I had a video call. None of them knew. Nobody in the class knew except the teacher and the nurse that I had sickle cell. So I just told them every. So I just told everyone over over video call. When I come back Monday, I'm kind of excited to see there to, to to see what they like act like. They may be like, "Oh my, let me let me carry your backpack for you." So I'm excited. I feel like I'll get a lot of a lot more questions from my friends. Why didn't you tell us? What is it like? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll be interesting. But I am proud of her for sharing because she was very private with it. And that's her choice. We didn't force her to say anything. She decided that she wanted to share and tell people. So that's completely her choice, which um, I'm very proud of her about. Um, Amaya is also passionate about bringing awareness to sickle cell. She was actually on the news, um, Atlanta News First. She was interviewed um, by someone there, and um, you can find it on YouTube. I think it's um, Amaya Share Sickle Cell. Oh, no, Mom, it's not that. What is it called? It's like nine-year-old Share Sickle Cell. So let's type up Atlanta News first, go onto their channel, then nine-year-no, I think it's nine- or ten-year-old, I don't know which one, uh, Sarah's about Sickle Cell, and you'll probably find me. Yeah, you'll see her there. So um, we really just want to get awareness out there. We want to get more funding um, and we want to bring awareness to also um, patient advocacy, right? <coughs> the way that the doctors and the nurse practitioner gave pushback and wanted to just kick her out of the hospital, even though the acute chest had grown larger, is ridiculous. We also want to ensure that there is consistency around aftercare of acute chest uh, because, you know, she did not get an albuterol treatment. She... um that was not prescribed albuterol, which she's supposed to have. Of course, I learned that after the fact. Um, so there's just no consistency there. And I, you know, I think that we'd also get a little more compassion, honestly, if we had more African-American representation in the hematology oncology field, specifically focused on sickle cell, because I don't get a lot of African-American nurses. And yes, I think that that plays a part in it. So that is my take on it, because I have been in this journey with Amaya. So... That's that on that. So, um, yeah, that's sickle cell. That's a little piece of her sickle cell journey. Do you have anything you want to add? 
Not really. I was going to say that silence says And all. I don't want to betray anything you might have prepared for the second <laughs> thing. And I don't want to, to um, waste any viewers' time that, that, that they might be spending playing video games. Oh, wow. All right, y'all. Well, that's the end of this episode. We hope that it was informative. We hope that, hope that you enjoyed it. And we hope that you laughed. <laughs> on that note, we'll see y'all on the next one. Later. Later.